0: Okay, Oz, thank you so much for coming on the show, and um, why don't you maybe just talk a little bit about your background. Like, what's your first, uh, what's your first memory with technology?
1: Sure, Hamilton, thanks for having me, first off. Um, so, my, my background as it relates to technology is a pretty interesting one. Um, I I mean, like I'm sure a lot of people on your podcast, it's not a very straight line. And I kind of stumbled into technology um, out of necessity. Um, I am just really interested in a lot of different things and a lot of different people. And um, I'm really fascinated by what motivates people to want to buy things. <laughs> and so I got my first um, sort of foray into technology Uh, Out of undergrad, I studied economics, policy and development in undergrad, which was a cool subject for me because, like I said, I like people and I love to understand what motivates them, what motivates economies, like large economies and small scale. Um, But it was 2009-ish when I left Carolina and that was around the time of the stock market crash. Um, although there was, you know, probably some need for some economists in the world, it wasn't exactly the highest paying, uh, best opportunity for a new grad. And so I found myself in Miami um, at a place called the Miami Ad School, which was uh, at the time the most awarded um, school of its kind in, for advertising and advertising student work. Um, but it was there that uh, I was studying creative development, art direction, um, and they were essentially building like self-sustaining, one-man advertising agencies out of all of us. So we had hmm. to know how to... Develop the strategy behind the campaign. We had to know how to play, you know, do the media placements for campaigns. We had to understand how to put together the graphics. We, you know, we worked with brands directly for a lot of our projects. And so, if a brand came in and said that they wanted, you know, at the time it was microsites and Twitter and um, different mobile apps, we'd have to understand how to build those out, um, or at least mock them up functionally and be able to give a demo. And so. Um, it was there that I kind of be, became sort of like this Swiss army knife for mm-hmm. technologies and mostly like creative digital technologies and some development technology. Um, but I also got this perspective that technology wasn't sort of like the core of my focus. Um, it was really kind of an enabler an enabler for other things that I wanted to do. Um, And I got this mindset that if I wanted to create something or I had a vision for something that I wanted to make, um, you know, I would start with the idea first and then pretty much learn how to build it afterwards. And so I got this really diverse skill set of computer engineering and software design and development. At Miami, but yeah, I would say 2010 when I stumbled into Miami Ad School was like the the spark that started this whole technology entrepreneur stuff for me. Yeah,
0: and prior to that, you had kind of you had been, you know, sort of like almost like a, I mean like an ad sort of marketing track, and then you kind of saw where that you know overlap with sort of uh, like development and apps <laughs> and that kind of thing. So I guess maybe walk through like uh, you know. Maybe going forward, like after you're at the Miami Ad School, kind of like, what's your first like, thing that you do out of college? Like what would you
1: do? Yeah, so I left Miami Ad School early. It was an interesting program. But the last couple of years, I didn't really want to pay for it, more or less. College is expensive. <laughs> Miami is expensive. And so um, I went to Carolina. I applied for a foreign languages and area studies fellowship. Um, because it was an opportunity that I thought really fit what my background was. I worked on a lot of Latin America clients at Miami Ad School, um, and I still had my economics, policy, and development background. And so with this fellowship, I was able to put together a research project that looked at how um, Brazilians organize social movements with their cell phones, which was a really unique time to do that, because um, at the time there was, you know, the eruption of, probably I think the second largest social movement in the history of the country in protest to some rate hikes on bus fares and Olympic planning and development that was leaving out, um, a lot of marginalized communities. And so the entire country was really like out on the streets, mm. um, organized for social <clears throat> movement. so I got a lot of great material to study and what I found, um, was a really unique way that, um, people in Brazil who typically at that time had prepaid cell phone plans on, uh, it was about 50% smartphones and 50% basic phones, they'd find this really unique creative workaround to not have to pay for text messages and minutes by like pinging each other.
0: So is that where the idea for free ping came from? Is that safe to say?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's actually (laughs) absolutely right. Um, And so FreePing uh, was the company that was born out of that research project, essentially. Um, I recognized that this drop calling behavior um, would be a really great way for people in places like Brazil with prepaid plans and basic feature phones Uh, to be able to tap into streams of information without costing them any of their minutes, texting, or data credits. Um, And so that was the very first actual like software company that I had started. Um, It went pretty far. I think we, you know, we did a a decent angel raise, we won a lot of awards, we had a few corporate clients in different countries of the world, just like right here from Hampton Roads, we were building this. Um, But more than anything, it was a really great learning experience to understand um, how the world of startups works, I mean, it's kind of hard to witness that from a place that's, you know, not Silicon Valley, or Austin, Texas, or New York. so it was it was a really great, I think, two and a half year experience building that company.
0: Um, what do you think is important about places like Austin, Texas or Silicon Valley or New York that uh, kind of like brings those startups into such a kind of prominent position? Because it seems like, um, at least from the sort of journalism and the, you know, networking, you hear, you know, these are the places, um, it, you know, I know you have experience with a lot of this, What do you think is the the magic sauce in a place like an Austin?
1: Yeah, so I really think that um, it's just the network effects that you get when you have such a density of people working on companies like this. Um, I've spent a little bit of time in San Francisco um, around different startups, and there's a really supportive culture and not just a very supportive culture amongst all the different startups you know like patting each other on the back and you know group hugs and all that but um, there's a lot of like complementary sort of support where you know if you have a like slack for instance um, is a product of really tremendous network effects um, a new messaging app there's a lot of these out there, especially for, you know, corporate collaboration and teamwork and all of that stuff.
0: Big Slack fan.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I mean... um The founders of Slack were really smart to infiltrate all of these different startups and say, you know, this is a much better way to communicate with people in your company and you should try it out and it's better the more people use it. And so it really exploded um, because of that. Um, I will say that there's also some drawbacks to being in in cities like Silicon Valley and Austin, Texas, when it comes to building a company. I mean, it's just like tremendously saturated. Mm. Um, In a place like Hampton Roads, when I was building FreePing, it was, um, I think, a lot more accessible. A lot of the, um, you know, investors were a lot more accessible. It was much easier to... um, you know, have a message that carried throughout the region. Um, I think that there are a lot of untapped opportunities and untapped communities here. I think, like, the next great innovation that's going to transform the suburbs is probably going to be born out of a place like Hanson Roads. I still think that um, I would build a company here before I'd move anywhere else to build well, most other places <laughs> to build a new company.
0: That's a common theme, I would say, uh, with a lot of our guests um, kind of speaking to, you know, the the, the rich kind of resources within the region. So that's uh, that's good to hear. How did the kind of White House thing come about or the Shark Tank thing? How did that uh... When is that around the Free Ping time?
1: Yeah, so while I was building Free Ping, we were inside of an incubator called the Peninsula Technology Incubator um, out in Hampton. Um, And this is really a story that speaks to, like, the access I was talking about before. But um, Peninsula Technology Incubator and the director of it at the time, Tom Flake, had been awarded an SBA grant. Um, to develop out more of their programming and so they had a really um, close connection with the sba Um, and when the white house and shark tank and the sba uh, were putting together this special feature on um, global innovators i believe was the theme of the episode so companies that were doing well um, while doing good um, they reached out to some of their networks and partners with these various incubators and the directors at them. Um, and they were like, yeah, let's, so who are some, you know, founders of companies that would be a great fit for this feature that we're doing. Um, and after a few interviews and, um, callbacks and things like that, um, I, along with four other, uh, entrepreneurs, some from the SBA network, others from different international entrepreneurship networks, um, but I was one of the five selected to appear on this episode, and it was a whirlwind. It's been, I mean, it continues to pay dividends. Um, uh, and I think that, yeah, had I been in some other saturated city and some other we work somewhere, I probably, who knows if my name would have bubbled up to the surface. But yeah, we just have like tremendous access here in Hampton Roads.
0: Love that. And so maybe talk a little bit about some of your you know, I don't want to say extracurricular activity, but maybe like your nonprofit and your kind of like community involvement type work. I know you've uh, been involved with like Global Shapers and different organizations. So maybe talk about like, how do you sort of develop yourself like outside of the workplace? And then kind of like, how do you sort of align yourself with different sort of causes and missions that uh, maybe are important to you, or that you see an opportunity to impact.
1: Yeah, so I, um, I mean, if you ask my boyfriend, he'll tell you that. Or sorry, my fiance. <laughs> um, <laughs> get that right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get that right. Oh, goodness, I mean, it's just like I have to get used to. It. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, he'll tell you that I spend way too much time doing way too many like other things, but. I personally find that I'm like way more productive when I'm busy than when I, you know, have a lot of free time. And so I like to keep myself involved in different things that I really care about. Um, And they're usually along the theme of like entrepreneurial um, sort of initiatives. So even with the sort of community work that I do with Global Shapers, um, one of the criteria for being considered a member of this community is an entrepreneurial sort of mindset. Um, the organization is a sort of child company of the World Economic Forum. They've set up these hubs in cities around the world. Hampton Roads is fortunate enough to have a hub, um, but our, we are charged with sort of taking on community projects. Um, in an entrepreneurial sort of way around issues like climate change and gender parity um and so we've had uh the global shapers norfolk hub has taken on some projects in those areas we've got a workshop where we're teaching young girls um, about solar power development product development um, we are working on outreach for the RISE Innovation Challenge, the Climate Change and Resiliency Challenge that's happening in Norfolk. Um, but I, I like to find work outside of work that um, keeps me connected to the communities that I'm in. I mean, I like to go out and meet people, and so if I can meet them and have something really cool to talk about with like different projects that I'm working on, it's just all the better. Um, I get energy from people talking about things that they're passionate about. And likewise, I like to sort of give off that energy. Um, I'm on the Business Advisory Council for Versability, which provides jobs for people who are differently abled. They're also hoping to develop some entrepreneurial capabilities, helping small businesses with um, a lot of like product development. I used to use them for um, order fulfillment um, for my e-commerce company and yeah I mean I've just got my hands in lots of different things
0: love that so um and I'm very similar I'd say like I'm kind of like do a lot of things and find the thing in a lot of things you know like right kind of have that momentum versus if you're just like standing in one place Mm -hmm. or just like you're sitting at one point on a map it's like well it's harder to get to the next point, so anyway yeah um, what is uh and you do speaking and i mean we we've been on panels together, so like how do you kind of you know i guess like what's your, what's your uh, how do you, how do you approach panels and how do you approach kind of public speaking? you did something with something in the water how did how did that come about what are some of the um I don't know if it's tactics, but just maybe talk about your speaking and kind of how that is a part of like, you know, your your personal brand.
1: Yeah. So I would say that the speaking um, opportunities that I've had have really come along sort of passively. Um, another thing that my fiancé will tell you is that I'm really terrible at self-promotion mm. um, and so I find that a lot of these opportunities to be on panels and to give keynotes and things like that have come just from me meeting people and talking to them about what I'm passionate about um, it also speaks to you know, access I think that if people are aware of your, like, interest areas and what you're passionate about and um, you sort of are able to stay top of mind for those subject areas, then when someone needs a panelist, they will know to reach out to you. Um, Going forward, I think that I will start to make this a little bit more of an active endeavor just because, it's another one of those things that like has compounding effects where if you're the more people who can hear about what you're passionate about, the more often you will be sought out to, (laughs) you know, speak about those things. Um, but despite, you know, the whole, the shark tank thing and the being a founder and going and pitching and all of those things, I'm fairly introverted. Like I really Mm. like to just, I recharge with, considerable netflix and ice cream and alone time so
0: totally get it (laughs) so what are you working on these days and kind of what are you excited about for the new year
1: so i'm still um in a million different places working on lots of different things i like to explore just like business ideas that i have a hunch about by jumping out and doing um I've learned a long time ago that I could sit down and analyze an idea for like infinity, but I'll never learn as much as if I just jump out and, with an idea and, you know, try as long as the risk is fairly low or I've been able to like de-risk some of the higher risk things. That being said, um, I am working over at Zell Technologies as the innovation advocate Jack Gazelle is a really great founder of that company, and he's also the first investor in free paying. We've stayed really close. He knows what I'm good at, what I love to do, and he's got me working on lots of different innovation projects broadly defined um, over there. I started an e-commerce company a couple of years ago, which was just like a a coffee mug that looks like a beaker. It has the chemical compound for melanin on it. It's a really cool visual metaphor. Um, When you see it, it's called the melanin mug. I mean, you'll just kind of like get it and what it is. And it's such a striking visual metaphor that it's been able to do really well. I started it kind of as an experiment to teach myself like the ins and outs of e-commerce. I wanted to start with a product that I thought was fairly simple, so I didn't have to waste too much time on product development, just so I could, like, learn how to start a store online and fulfill products and source, you know, inventory and things like that. Um, It's sort of taken on a life of its own, and it's doing really well. Still involved with Global Shapers. Um starting to get a little bit more into consulting, a lot like the speaking stuff. I'm trying to promote my work as a consultant a lot more to, you know, help companies um, like, you know, Zell Technologies, medium size, doing pretty well, but need a little bit of like push in the innovation department. Um, been working a lot with data science. I mean, it's just like, Wherever my interest takes me, I'm able to kind of dive right in and then find a place for it in the marketplace, which is a skill that I've honed over the last like 10 years. But
0: Love that. Well, where can the listeners follow you and connect with you and get on some of that consulting, public speaking, et cetera?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm probably the most active on Instagram. Um, and you can find me at A-A-Z underscore I-A. Um, I've, in the past couple of years, I've kind of taken a step back from a lot of, you know, activity on social media, um, for my own mental health and, but I've still kept up somewhat of a presence on Instagram, especially with stories. So you can definitely find me there, um. I, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my name's really long and hard to spell. I'm sure it's going to be in the, the podcast notes though. So find me on LinkedIn, find me on Instagram. I'll connect with you on either one.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me.